Maybe you noticed it's getting darker outside. For the past six months, the day has been growing shorter and the night has been growing longer. Yesterday, December 21st, was the winter solstice, the day with the shortest amount of daylight all year for the people in the Northern Hemisphere and also the day that marks the beginning of winter. On the winter solstice, people all around the world gather for, fe for festivities of the longest night of the year. People from Stonehenge to Vancouver participate in celebrations connected to the changing of the season and the coming of more light. In Durham each year, near the solstice, there's another kind of marking of this shortest day and longest night. On or near December 21st, Durham Congregations in Action, which is a group of interfaith people who, from various congregations who gather together in our city to do good, the Congregations in Action hosts its annual vigil for people who died unhoused during the past year. Last night, a medium-sized group of people gathered together to remember the approximately 30 individuals who died over the last year either living out of doors or in supportive housing after recently being homeless. During the vigil, people remembered these individuals for the gifts that they were to our community in spite of their housing situation. The people who gathered across faith traditions were not there to celebrate and to party, but to mourn and lament the tragedy that is the reality of homelessness in our city. One child who attended the service said that the candle that he lit in remembrance of those who died looked like it was crying as the wax was melting. The long, dark night that is the winter solstice reminded the gathered community that not all is well in Durham when it comes to our most needy neighbors. It reminded us that our community needs restoration redemption, salvation. On this fourth Sunday of the season of Advent, the season where we've been watching and waiting and preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord, we may desire to make a full turn toward Christmas already. Why wait any longer? Perhaps we can join the parties of the winter solstice celebrations, remembering that the coming of the Son of God brightens the world more than longer days and more sunlight ever can. And the truth is, there is reason for leaning into hope of the coming gift of the Christ child. And even by the end of our service today, we will sing joy to the world as we look toward that hope. Yet there is also wisdom and truth in waiting a little longer and sitting in the darkness of the long nights a little more, even as we look toward Christmas. Dean Powery reminded us last week of the call to patience. And perhaps it is this kind of patience that will allow us to persist in the places of our lives where the darkness of these long nights seems to persist. In this season, the messy mix of celebration and sorrow, laughter and lament, hope and hurt is sometimes masked by endless shopping, cheerful gathering and holiday hurrying. 
So we're invited today to pause, to take notice of the dark, and to tell the truth that not all is well. The assigned psalm for today invites us to do this very thing and to do it as a prayer. Psalm 80 is a communal lament psalm. Perhaps those who, who assembled the Revised Common Lectionary, that list of readings that guides us through the Christian year each year in our scriptures, perhaps they were relatives of Scrooge. After all, we've made it to three days before Christmas, and we are reading a lament, a prayer of grief and sorrow by God's people to God. Or maybe there was something different on their minds. Perhaps they simply recognize something of the truth of our world and our lives that we don't like to look at very closely, especially as we near Christmas. So they assigned Psalm 80 for our reading today. In the psalm, God's people cry out in their desperation and need for restoration and salvation from God. The prayer of Psalm 80 begins by pleading with God, the people's true royal caretaker and provider, to hear them and to come in God's might to save them. While the historical context for the writing of Psalm 80 is not entirely certain, its likely life setting was the northern kingdom of Israel's fall to the Assyrians. Ten of the twelve tribes of Israel were exiled, deported, and made captives in their own land by the Assyrians. In the loss of their land and in God's judgment on them, the night had grown long for the people. And in the darkness of their situation, they recognized their need for God's saving help. God's people were in a place of disillusionment and great darkness, so they called out to God in prayer. God's people who prayed Psalm 80 recognized that the night they were in had grown long and it was made longer still by God's anger and apparent lack of presence in the midst of their trial. How long? How long will you be angry with your people's prayer? The people perceived that God was burning hot, fuming at them so much that they wondered if their prayers were even heard by God at all. It's one thing to be going through trial and struggle, and it's another thing altogether to wonder if God is anywhere to be seen or heard in it. To the people in their state of dismay, God seemed to have disappeared. To the people making them the scorn of their neighbors and their enemies, Instead of being fed with the bread of God's presence, they were stuffed with tears and stuck in the misery of their lost hope and lost future. The people were surely in the longest night and the darkness had surrounded them. Out of this darkness, the prayer of Psalm 80 speaks with a piercing honesty related to the people's need and their perceived lack of God's attentive presence. 
out of this place of desperation and need, the people recognized that no amount of their own work or their own turning or their own repentance would do even as important as all those things are. Only God changing God's mind toward them, only God turning to them in their brokenness and need would be of any help at all. So out of their darkness, they called to God, saying together, today, daylight seems to have grown sparse for us as well. We are surely in a long night. Darkness has surrounded us and things are not well. You recognize the night around us, don't you? We've heard the stories of ethnic and tribal wars throughout our world. Perhaps you know that in 2019, in this year, the number of people who fled their homes throughout Ethiopia because of warring and inter-ethnic conflict has surpassed three million people. Or maybe you know of the humanitarian crises that are in Yemen and Myanmar and Haiti, just to name of the few, a few of the places around our world. Each of these places, whether they are near to us or far from home, remind us that our world is not at peace. The bread of tears fills the bellies of so many, and our world needs the Lord to come and save us. The night is surely long, and darkness has surrounded us. Yet we don't have to look past our borders of our country or even our own communities to know that the night has grown long. The humanitarian crisis at our southern border the prescription drug, drug epidemic, and the historic vote this week are just a few signs that things are not well. And closer to home, if you've paid attention to the news in Durham this year, you surely know that we are trending in the wrong direction related to violent crime in our city. In 2018, there were 29 homicides in Durham. This year, we have had over 40 of our neighbors killed by another of our neighbors in our city. And many of our neighbors who have died are under 25 years old, futures just cut off. The night has grown long. And here we are in this season of waiting, watching to see if God has seen the candlelight of our vigils or heard the prayers of our gatherings. It's one thing to be going through trial and struggle. It's another thing altogether to wonder if God is anywhere to be seen or heard. 
I wonder if this long night has pressed you to lament, perhaps even to pray Psalm 80 in all its honesty. Perhaps out of the depths of this long night in our world and in our city, we all need to call out to God and together cry. long night is yet more personal for some of us still. In fact, maybe many of us have had experiences where we've recognized our own desperation, our own brokenness, and our own absolute need for rescue and redemption, and therefore have called out to God in prayer, seeking help. Perhaps your heart has been pierced by your own shortfalls your own personal losses, your own devastated relationships, your own failings and faults, your own physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. And for you, the night of waiting has grown long and the darkness is great. Perhaps what is worse still is that as you cried out to God, as you've waited for relief or healing or reconciliation, you've wondered if God is even listening to your prayers or is present to hear them at all. I suspect for some of us, it's hard to imagine questioning God's presence in the midst of trial and hardship because it's simply a given for you that God is present. Yet I imagine that for others, you find great relief that the Psalms, our biblical prayer book, includes this prayer where people are questioning God's attentiveness to their desperate situation, even if it was their own unfaithfulness to blame. Maybe today you recognize the night has grown long in your life and all is not well. Out of this place of desperation and need, you are coming to recognize that no amount of your own work or your own turning or your own repentance will do as important as those are. Only God turning to you in your brokenness and need will be enough. So out of this long night, out of the depths of your own darkness, you decide to join God's people in calling on God today, saying, Let the light of your face shine on us, that we may be saved. When God's face shines on us, we know God is present with us. And when God's face shines, the longest nights of despair and desperation will be illuminated. Near the end of Psalm 80, the people pray, 
but let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. While the psalm does not specify who this person is at God's right hand, for Christians, we recognize the one at, as, at God's right hand as Jesus. In this prayer at the last, we are reminded of the light of God's presence that has come and that will come again in Jesus, Emmanuel, God who is with us. In this season of waiting, we are reminded in the middle of the longest night and the greatest darkness of the God who comes to us in Jesus. We are reminded even in our desperate longing for our world to be made right and our lives to be made new of the one at God's right hand of power and might, Jesus, who is the Christ. We are reminded this morning of the God who came to be with us and who is a coming again to restore and redeem and give life anew. So no matter how long the night has been for you, no matter how deep the darkness seems, may we all call on God today to shine on us with the light of Jesus, that we may be saved. Lord, let your light, light of your face, shine on us that we may be saved, that we may have life, to find our way in the darkest night. Let your light shine on us. Amen.